Let's shut the doors. Be very quiet. Talk to me. Just talk in a normal voice. I can smell your armpits. Yep, it's definitely you. Let me smile. Ah, might be kicking a little bit. All right. The ripeness. Yep. Our camera is off. It is? Yeah. It didn't get any of my frittata spanking or? I, I, I don't know, baby. It was recording for some just point. Just kidding. experiencing technical difficulties please stand by okay so that's recording now just blow down my top really quick i just came off the side okay. <laughs> <laughs> say and we're back and, and we're, we're back. back hi and welcome to our podcast from surfers to sailors a family of five's journey to living on a sailboat i'm gabrielle and i'm joe for show updates, pictures, and our blog, please visit our website at fs2spodcast.com. That's fs, the number two, spodcast.com. You can also find us at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter under fs2spodcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app, and if you like the show, please consider leaving us a review. Today's part two of our discussions about our dreams and expectations for what living on a sailboat might have in store for us and our family. As we said in last week's episode, we tried to record this and wound up with way too much content for a single show. So we decided to split it into two separate episodes. This is the second half and was recorded late one night while sitting in our car wearing silly outfits, as we do when we record. For our next episode, we will interview our kids and get their thoughts and perspectives on this whole ordeal. It's bound to be a very cute and fun episode that you won't want to miss. Thank you for listening and we hope you enjoy the show. All right, so welcome to episode two of We Have No Idea What the Fuck We're Doing. So, interesting times in Long Beach. Record five seconds of episode in our car, and the cops roll up. And of course, I'm wearing a fucking chef's outfit. <laughs> and board shorts and flip-flops, so I don't look crazy. But I guess with what the cops are used to dealing with in Long Beach, it's Probably pretty. You know. I was kind of hoping she would perform a field sobriety test on me. That would have been a lot of fun. <laughs> That'd have been awesome. There you go. And she's out. And she's out. All right. Well, our mood lighting is now gone. Let's get into the nuts yeah, and bolts of so it. So, in this episode, we want to talk about our dreams and expectations for living on a sailboat and what that means to us, what we think it will be like, what we're hoping for. Uh. <laughs> yeah, pointed in the other direction. Better than that fart I caught the other night. That's so good. Shoved a recorder up I, my anus. I can't believe you mentioned that. It was a special request by it, me. It was. Weirdo. You're so good. You're so good to me. I take care of you, baby. I take care you do. of you. Do I take care of you? Does this go with our dreams and expectations? Yes, baby. You take care of me in a way I've never known. Do I flip your frittata? <laughs> no, but you spank me with the spatula. I'm going to stop right there. I can get really dirty anyway. Yeah, wait till the egg beater comes out. Let's rock and roll. Egg beater? That's the new name for my penis. Oh. The egg beater. We're going to have to set the parental guidelines, reset them. 
No, I just get to cut everything out. So how to do this? I don't know. I think it was really good in our last episode when, you know, we finally got into like, we got the awkward parts out of the way and kind of went to a more conversational back and forth and unscripted dialogue. We just talked. So that's kind of it. Let's forget the cameras are on, forget the things recording. Um, Try to stop all the... I'm trying really hard not to say and and um, like I said too. I think we found our uh, a little flavor, right? Maybe it's like one part vulgar, funny, and that's it. <laughs> one part vulgar, two parts documentary style experience, something like that. So, but this is a conversation we haven't really had either. Um, we've we've kind of described some of these things to each other, but I really don't know what your dreams and expectations are with the sailboat. I think this is a, a cool chance to have a little conversation just as a couple on like, what do we think living on a boat is actually going to be like? What are we hoping for? Can we get real for a second? Get real? Yeah. Okay. How? Um, well, I said, um, shit. <laughs> that's it. Delete the tape. I'm You're not fired. Sure. Yeah, I'm not sure we've You're said a fired. damn thing in the last like five minutes. You it's actually fired. Um, <laughs> I just said um again. The level of preparation that you've already started, I feel unprepared, as unprepared as you can come. Because as soon as I started reading a little bit of the books that you bought and have a, an appreciation for how much work you put into this. I feel like I'm not, I'm not doing as much as you are. Like, that's just a fact. This is your baby. And I feel a little like I'm not bringing anything. Well, I want it to be our baby. It for is sure. It is our baby. I just feel a little challenged with the time investment and trying to navigate school yeah, you're like three months into doing school for the first time in 20 years. You know, I give yourself a break. Okay. You know, we have 51 weeks, 358 days till our deadline's up. So there's quite a lot of time still left. Okay. I'm hoping you'll get into maybe more of a rhythm and uh, feel more comfortable with school. And, you know, we'll take it. Take it as we go. I actually haven't even done anywhere near as much as I want to prepare. I've been intentionally trying to, well, in, in the beginning, I was actually intentionally, you know, I bought a couple of the books and then I didn't read them for several weeks because I was hoping to get to our first episode as dumb as I was a month and a half ago when we, you know, concocted this whole cockamamie scheme. But yeah, of course, I, I couldn't, I couldn't do that. So uh, you yeah, had to get into it. I had to get into it. So I started reading some books and listening to my podcasts and reading, reading things online. Um, but I, I know I'm, you know, woefully ignorant still on, uh, you know, what it's going to take to actually live aboard a boat, but maybe I'm starting to get a little bit more familiar with boat handling and, and sails and types of vessels and things like that. You know, we're going to live on a boat. Like what comes to your mind's eye? We've thought about this a little bit. I'm sure there's been some things kind of rattling around. Like, what do you envision? Well, it seems overwhelming right off the bat is process of purchasing a boat and what little i've read so far is just the trade-off it seems like you're 
always trading one thing for another, Mm -hmm. you know? So what do we ideally want to be able to do with it? Is this going to be our first boat? Do we want to stay local? I mean, these are things that you have in your notes, but it's just the the acquisition of the boat, Mm -hmm. what that looks like, because that's a whole thing in and of itself. So that's kind of first and foremost. It's fun to look at boats in bed together and dream. That's dreamy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that part. That's fun. For me, you know, the, the purchasing of the boat, like the actual how much money it's going to cost and doing the inspection, the survey, and just that whole process. It's somewhere, it seems to be somewhere in between like buying a car and buying a house. It's like, ah, you know, this is this is a big thing. You know, you definitely want to do it right. It's going to take a lot of time. It's going to take money just to actually do it. You know, paying the surveyor, getting insurance and other things. We'll probably have to haul out the boat in order for the surveyor to look at it and then put it back if uh, if that's where it's supposed to be. Or after we buy it, we'll have to do it too. So there's like, just like buying a, a house where you're going to have a lot of upfront costs. There's going to be upfront costs with buying a boat too. That kind of concerns me more than the, you know, getting the right boat. I think we'll be able to, we'll probably know if the boat is good and livable or if, you know, it's, I mean, if we step on board and it's a ratty piece of shit and it's really tiny and there's nowhere to put anything, we're probably like, hmm, not the best one. Let's pass. If we get on the boat and it's really nice and, you know, it, it looks good, it looks like the, the right thing for us, then yeah, we'll pursue it. That's scary too, because I'm like visual and emotional. Well, we've looked at a lot of boats. I don't think there's, you know, so I think the nice thing is, is that we're, we're limited and we've put some limitations on ourselves. We've talked about size. Sure. Who the hell wouldn't want a 75 foot boat with all the storage space of a, you know, a large RV, (laughs) but, uh, you know, yeah, the, the bigger the boat, the bigger the operation or the maintenance fees and um, haul out and slip fees and all that stuff. So we've kind of determined a, a limit to that, have we not? Which is what? Well, 34 to 36, somewhere like that. Somewhere in that seems range. Like that's what we've been looking at. Larger than 30, under 40, I think is really where we're at. So it's going to be small. There's no doubt about it. It's going to be tight. So you're talking about trading things for comfort. Well, yeah, it's, it's like camping on the water. He so wants to park back there again. Come <laughs> block somebody else's driveway. He's just itching to get towed. He wants that cop to come back, get her number. <laughs> Put him in handcuffs. Uh-oh. Oh, uh, what were we saying? What does it look like when you think about living on a boat? What might it look like in your mind's eye? Or what do you romanticize mm. about living on a boat? Well, that's another thing that's kind of changed. Again, part of the reason why I was trying not to do research and look into stuff and everything is so that I could at least capture some of my my total absolute ignorance in the beginning, uh, you know, realizing that my complete lack of experience with boats makes me, you know, the most uninformed and uneducated of us. And to at least, you know, might be worthy of a laugh to those that are are more indoctrinated into the world of boating just to hear how stupid I am. But even that has changed since, you know, a month and a half ago. 
when we first came up with this. How so? Um, well, I know a lot more about marinas and about, you know, some just actually living on a boat. I know even just something simple as uh, more about like the boating world, like, well, the book guide to living aboard a boat or something like that. Um, he defines it as three different people that, that live on boats, that there's your person that basically has a, a floating apartment it doesn't actually go anywhere or do anything. They don't need to put any maintenance into it. It's, you know, a rundown hunk of junk. If you're not going anywhere, why the hell have a motor? And definitely don't need to make it work. And then there's people that live on a boat and maybe do some day sailing or, or you know, and then half of them evidently are the, have, have a dream to do something with their boat but are perpetually, you know, working on it or saying they're going to work on it. And then there's cruisers. And so those are people that actually like sail around the world, like live on the boat with the boat moving. And so the something we'll probably wind up talking about in this episode is, you know, if that's something that we envision for ourselves. But when I first came up with this idea uh, or when we first started talking about it, that that wasn't really in my mind. It was just thinking that having a boat and being able to possibly downsize and possibly limit some expenses would be a really cool thing. As I said in episode one, like we're probably not going to be in a financial situation to buy a house anytime soon. We shell out a lot of money just for rent around here. It doesn't actually go into something that you own. It's just, a, you know, the cost of putting a roof over your head and having a place to put your shit. So maybe, you know, getting rid of a lot of that shit and trading a roof for a sale would be kind of cool. A little bit more interesting than the normal life. And I thought our kids would probably dig it. And yeah, then there's a whole lot of romance attached to it in my mind. So, and I don't mean, you know, huggy, kissy romance i mean like this uh romanticized idea of going sailing and like being topside and i don't know i get this i get stupid little fantasies in my head about i don't even know if i can describe them come on i want to hear your fantasies just i mean little things but they they i say them and they sound stupid but in my mind it's like it's like a scene out of a movie or something, having a, a hammock strung under the boom and, and uh, you know, reading a book while, while being topside and enjoying the sunshine and uh, in the marina Tanning or your something. Uh, yeah, something. <laughs> Not cool, Trevino. <laughs> no, I wouldn't do that in the, in the marina. That's only when we're out at sea. Yeah, I get this, the, you know, the little, you know, romanticized idea about taking day trips and, and being able to actually use the boat for its intended purpose, too. Not just I, I'm not just living aboard it. It kind of, you know, just living aboard a boat and not using it sounds to me like living a, or living on an RV that doesn't actually go anywhere. Like, what the is the point? You know, but if we had a boat and it was maintained at least well enough that we could, you know, take it out for some day sailing or something, uh, maybe some little coastal sailing, that would be that would be really cool. I think it, it's it's that added perk of the the idea of living on a boat is that, you know, you, you can actually like take it somewhere too. sunrises and sunsets. That's what I romanticize about. We live a half a block from the beach and I can't tell you the last time I saw a sunrise and a sunset i don't know 
So that's one thing that you've brought up a lot. Like, do you think we'll be able to see them in the marina? Sunrises and sunsets? Yeah, why not? Well, most of the reason we can't see them here is because we've got buildings all around. If we're surrounded by large yachts and masts and everything. No, you're under the great wide open sky, my love. We'll be able to see them for sure. All right. Trust. Trust me. I'm down with that. And we'll be able to, if we get a BB gun, we could shoot seagulls. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I did not expect that to go there. Well, this is about expectations. Um, so you want to shoot seagulls? Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, maybe just one or two, you know, like a bunch of boys. Like what else are we going to do? Actually work? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's, that's something that you mentioned that I really, really like is everyone kind of knowing or as time goes on, the kids knowing what their jobs are and having chores and responsibilities. Um, should we decide to go on a day sale or whatever? And you mentioned like, OK, we're going to go. This is what we're going to do. And just how we prepare to go surfing in the morning it doesn't even matter i mean usually you're loading the boards but sometimes i do and people just kind of like fall into this rhythm where i'm getting the towels and the wetsuits and packing some food and you're loading the boards we kind of know what's going on and chicken with each other but the division of labor and things things are getting done and that's really important for you know girls or boys but we have all boys that was something in the book i was reading a guide to living aboard a boat where he described the families that he's seen and how they all might have a, a quick huddle or something before, you know, casting off, but then they all just break off and start doing the assigned jobs that they know they're supposed to do, their little responsibilities, you know, and even the little kids, everybody knows what they're supposed to be doing and they work together as a team and get it done. When we talked about building a life together, that's part of it, I feel. Yeah, it's a, it can be a challenge to have blended family and different parents, but I think it can be like a common thread, something that we all share. We have this, we have this boat, and she's a a living being, just as if we had bought a house. And houses are demanding, mm-hmm. and there's always something going on. Everybody talks about all the expenses of living on a boat, but it's like if we were going to buy a house, it's just going to cost us like 10 times more and we'll still have to put a bunch of money into it and maintaining it. And I don't know which one costs more because uh, I've never owned either. But it seems to me that, you know, if we were if we were going to save our money and buy a house, we'd still be shelling out a shit ton every month of things that are breaking. So we might as well get that added benefit of being able to take it somewhere and sunrises and sunsets and living on the sea. One thing you made note of is time duration. How long do you see us living on a boat? Oh, I don't know. How long do you see us living on a boat for? It's hard to say. I mean, it's, it's, uh, I've never done it. I have no experience. I think that's to be determined. But right now, so again, this is the point of, of recording this episode is to be able to go back uh, when we do get a boat and um, see what we were right about, what we were wrong about, what's changed, you know? I have no idea. I think we'll know once we're in it. 
everything is unknown right now. Ezra's going into, I mean, we're here in the summer between seventh and eighth grade. He's going into eighth grade and then he's got four years of high school. So for me, that's something as as a mother, as a parent, that's kind of a milestone is high school graduation. I could see us short term being on a boat that whole time. I don't see why not. And Roy, what is he? He's in between second and third grade. Yeah. So four years, he's going to be just entering middle school or have been in middle school for one year. Just things to think about, little notches in time. So you think four years on a boat? I think it's a good measure of getting the boat, learning how to sail, figuring stuff out, fixing stuff. One thing that that appealed to me as far as like a like something very practical and to ease my fears was when we were going through that that like little newspaper that we got at West Marine and it was talking about okay yeah we can take basic sailing classes and classes that are more specific to the type of sailboat that we buy but what I would like is to have somebody come sail with us and literally like show us oh, sure. the ropes. Um, yeah, what were we talking about? I forgot. <laughs> Time duration. How long to live on a boat for? So do you think you're going to want to live on a boat for possibly more than four years? Possibly. Okay. I'm just saying that it might, it could easily take four years to get our shit together as far as knowledge base, being comfortable, feeling competent, safety, kids growing up a little bit and having more roles and responsibilities mm -hmm. with not only the maintenance, but sailing. Yeah. Four years sounds like just a good start to me. Yeah. But it's a, it's a number. It's something to put out there. Like maybe after four years, we'll decide whether we want to do it or not. Yeah, exactly. Mm. What do you think? Well, I've maybe approached this from a little more of a logical standpoint. And instead of thinking about like, how long will I want to live on a boat? I've thought maybe like, how long is it practical to? Fortunately, we're not too old yet. And we probably don't want to be too old and doing this. It's something I've uh, gleaned from some of the podcasts I've been listening to with other people that have done similar things and saying that was part of their their reason to do it you know they say originally like i thought you know it's oh it's a good retirement idea and then they realized like fuck, who the hell wants to be like 70 and 80 trying to rig sails and handle a boat and do all this stuff better to live the dream when you're young uh, or at least young enough to to enjoy it and be able to do it so i've maybe thought more in terms of like maximum links like something on the order of 20 years I don't think we'd probably want to do this more than 20. It'd be tipping 60s, early 60s, late 50s between the two of us uh, in 20 years. So, you know, at that point, maybe maybe we would prefer to maybe we want to keep sailing. Um, but maybe that whole notion of living on a boat would, would have less appeal. Plus, after 20 years of anything, you're probably sick of it. Oh, except for you. I think about practicalities of it sometimes and like just getting ready for work. What does that look like? How is that different on a boat? I remember seeing this nurse. There was this couple and the gentleman was retired, but the uh, 
his wife was a nurse and she worked, I don't know what specific role she in the hospital, but she would always come down the gangway with like her rolly cart with a box that had all our like files and paperwork and everything. And she would come back and forth and we'd chat every once in a while, but just the practicalities of what it looks like. And, you know, it's, it's like, okay, you get up and you get ready for work, but does our boat have a shower? The boaters bathrooms are right there. So just, Simple things like that, Mm -hmm. you know, like, what does that look like? And just maneuvering around and having your stuff. It seems like things would have to be very organized. Yes. And I'm all for that. Little things, even like when the when the kids have school, you know, have their stuff ready the night before. So you're not like looking around crazy in in the morning. But it's just one thing that I that pops in my mind that I've thought about. You mentioned like surely there's got to be some stuff rattling around in your mind and I'm just like what does that look like getting ready for work in the morning when you live on a boat what does it look like when you come home seems like coming home would be better because I could jump on the water go for a swim nice watch part. the sunset there you go what else you mentioned or in in notes like kids getting ready for school in the morning what is homework doing homework look like on a boat well, projects Kids have projects. Projects take space. Well, if we want to talk about dreams here for a second, let's let's circle back on to your mentioning work. Since we recorded the last episode, I have made my career transition. The one that I said I couldn't talk about when we recorded, I said I was going to edit out. I left in because by the time I was doing all that editing, our I, fate was sealed. Our fate was sealed, and. Um, it sealed uh, quite a bit earlier than I thought it would be. But like I've mentioned that I've worked for myself for a number of years and things weren't really working out at the last company I was at. And, you know, kind of sooner rather than sooner than I thought I would decided to move away from that position and begin to work for myself again. And this goes hand in hand with the idea of living on a boat too. It would be maybe less desirable in my mind if I was doing a typical nine to five. You know, the whole notion of of being able to work for myself again, work from home for the most part, at least. And being able to do that on the boat would, you know, kind of like I said, just goes goes hand in hand with with the whole notion. But this also ties in a little bit to some of our fantasies about your work, too, or at least my fantasies, I guess. Um, being your fantasies about my work yeah my fantasies about your work right well no it's just that you know and nothing i haven't said before too but that you know it, it would it would be cool maybe we decide that we want to do a little bit more traveling than just you know staying around here in southern california and uh, there you have the option for that too or at least the possibility of that being a nurse and doing uh doing contract nursing and being able to do what are they, what is it thirteen weeks or something you said that thirteen weeks thirteen usually. weeks typical contracts and, and in different places and so that sounds pretty awesome. The caveat to it seems to be like kids in school and so maybe it's the summer thing we do or something That's what like I was that. Just thinking. But you know, and, and maybe it isn't. Who 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 knows what the future has in store for us? But oh, somebody's getting rid of their uh, their Fourth of July stockpile. stockpile yep. What was I saying? But yeah, the, the, you know, having that ability to maybe travel with your job too, we might be able to take advantage of that in the future, go up the coast and take a contract job, you know, and, and some, I don't know, 
we go to San Francisco or something like that and spend 13 weeks up there. And then, you know, maybe we decide after that, where do we go next? And yeah, there's just some, some cool opportunities that that affords. I think one that is again, more conducive uh, to the boat, you know, living aboard a boat, if you were going to travel and you still had to pay for your freaking overpriced apartment in Long Beach, that would kind of suck, but you get to take home with you. Yeah, this is a big walk of faith because I don't even, we've talked about this before a little bit, but I don't know what my career options future holds uh, at this point. I would love to just not work at night. That that would be lovely. I've learned that I really value sleep at night. Yeah, I have I have no idea. That's the thing about expectations, you know, like I think. Sometimes it, it's good to have some generalized expectations, but then having an open mind is good too. So it'll be interesting to go back in a year's time and see what's happening. Right now, right now, it just seems like what you told me a month or two ago is like, just put your head down and just do it. And so mm-hmm. that's what I'm trying to do right now. Well, we've touched on it here. What, what do you think about cruising? Do you think that's something you would ever want to do practicalities aside i think that's what it's all about uh right uh like we get a boat and i want to sail i want to go places i want to go on adventures yeah you want to go places that's that's the key thing like sure yeah it's one thing you know you have a boat and sail you might you know sail around long beach or we sail around southern california or something you know but you want to go like go go well baby steps We're fortunate enough to have Catalina right here. And I think that's a really good training course Oh yeah, because it is 26 miles away, one way. We're in in Southern California too. There's no end of of fun places to be able to go to. You know, we can go down to San Diego. We can go up to San Francisco. We can go even further north than that, weather permitting and a whole bunch of, you know, awesome stuff in between. It's like driving PCH, just going, you know, six miles an hour. It might take you three weeks. I want to go on adventures. So where would you want to go? I'd like to, like I said, I'd like to explore Catalina because it's close enough that I'm not trying to think a negative here, but if something should happen, it's close enough to home or it's like reasonable to to get back or figure something out. In terms of our name and surfing, that opens up a whole other realm of possibilities because let's face it, there's, for it. there's a Santa Cruz Island which I don't think is by Santa Cruz. I think it's by more like Santa Barbara. I could be way off here. I don't know. I've never I've never been on surf adventures like that. I took Ezekiel to Maui one time, but there's all kinds of little secret spots here and there. And there's opportunity to find our own little secret spots and drop anchor and surf. That sounds like the ultimate dream to me. Yeah. That's kind of what I was saying, too. Like, we don't necessarily need to go, you know, dream to sail to Borneo or something. Like, if we just want to do some surfing trips, there's all kinds of wonderful, you know, things to explore just where we're at. But would you want to go to Borneo? I've never heard of Borneo. Or, I don't know, pick another exotic place. Sumatra. Sumatra. You want to go there? Sure. Okay. But I've got coffee. We're going to do a Trans-Pacific. I was looking at a possible cruising adventure sometime maybe in the future, cruising to Hawaii and what was the other islands out there? I think the end of Polynesia. I can't remember. Oh, 
some mid Pacific islands. A cool adventure, you know, without having to go like all the freaking way to Asia or Australia or something like that. Yeah, that's a gnarly sail. I've heard yeah. lots of stories. I mean, even that Lake of the Transpac, I've heard lots of stories about mm-hmm. here to Hawaii. Yeah, and this is way off in the future, I know, but it would be fun. Dude, you know, it, it, I think it would be pretty cool to have some cruising adventures under our belt. But I, I don't know that I necessarily want to take, you know, the some X number of years and just go sail around the world, that kind of thing. Maybe. Might be fun. What were you saying the other day about some people, how they like work, 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 and then take a bunch of time off and then mm-hmm. it's just like one extreme to the next. Right. Yeah. I, that doesn't sound very good to me. Somebody who, you know, they, they work for 18 months so they can go cruising for two years and until their money depletes and they go back to work. One of the podcasts I was listening to, uh, one of the people was a was a, a traveling contract nurse, and so that's how she did it. Uh, and she kind of got into it uh, because of that, where she just wound up going and working in a bunch of different places, and then wound up learning to sail and getting involved in that lifestyle too, and just kind of married the two together. You know, that's the the nice thing about what I do is that I can pretty much do it from anywhere. I just need an internet connection. Should be able to make some sort of modicum amount of money. So. I like the fact that our jobs don't necessitate us having to work for a period of time in order to save up and then then go blow it like, you know, we can generate along the way. I'm normally not like this, but I just want to jump in. Let's just jump in and see where it takes us. Is that your style? No, it's not. Really? I'm normally a, I'm a planner. I want to have all my ducks in a row. And that's another thing that's kind of cool with this adventure. It's different. You know, maybe maybe there's some people out there where the thought of just saying, the hell with it all, I'm going to sell it all and move on a boat and it's normal for them or something. But to me, it's just, it's a wild and crazy idea to do that. Of course, I'm going to read as much and, and learn as much as I can before doing it. But I am going into it knowing that there's no way I'm going to have all the answers. What I thought was interesting when I visited Cerritos Bahia Marina, it's such a small marina that they have their yacht club right there in within the marina. So I've just been thinking about it. Like, for instance, Alamitos Bay Yacht Club at the end of the peninsula. Yeah, they have a little marina right there. In Long Beach Yacht Club, they have a little marina right there. But in terms of like social stuff, stuff for the kids, activities, what to do for fun, where the kids are going to go if they're bored on the boat or whatever, uh, it, it might be worth looking into with different marinas if they have like sort of like a community center mm. or something like that. But I thought that was kind of unique to that particular marina that they had like a uh, bar and a pool table and games for the kids and like chairs and it did seem very community friendly mm-hmm. yeah looks like some field trips are in order it wouldn't be a, a full conversation if we didn't address the challenges or the cons in terms of dreams and expectations mm-hmm. what was the flip side of that it's fun to dream and romanticize True. and, and sure. talk about what we would like to see happen or what we expect to happen, even if it's like to give us leeway for mm. something unforeseen. But 
What do you think the challenges are going to be realistically? Well, that's a good point. I feel like this talk has not been anywhere near as comprehensive as I expected it to be. Uh, I feel like we're just barely scratching the surface on what our dreams and expectations really are for this. Uh, but that's part of, of the expectations too. Like, how do we expect it to be difficult or do we expect it to be difficult? I think, you know, through our talks we've had thus far that we, we both expect that there's going to be a lot of challenges involved. That there, there are going to be expenses that you know are hard to plan for, uh, especially as as ignorant as we are with the idea of owning and, and operating a boat. I think there's going to be a lot of time, like a learning curve. You mean? No, like I think that we already expect that we're going to have to spend time maintaining and working the boat. One of my fears is that we are underestimating how much time we'll actually need to be able to keep the boat in good shape. That's why I have kids, I thought. Damn right, slave labor. Been long enough that those little bastards have been getting a free ride. Let's put their asses to work. Here, here. You touched on this. You said that everything's going to need to be organized. Yeah, I really think that's a big key to it as well. Maybe in not, Maybe not even just things. But like life in general needs to be that way. Logs and maintenance records and other things like that, you know, knowing what the priorities are of the things to to work on on the boat and whatever. It's just like you need that efficiency and streamlining just to make it work. Like a boat, it doesn't sound like it's a good place to have a lot of clutter. You want to wrap it up? You can tell I'm fading. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Um, challenges. Food preparation, mm, what does that look like? One. Meal preparation. See, I think about food storage. I just think about food in yeah, general. Yeah, <laughs> Surf pig. But we cook a lot. We eat exclusively at home. We shop twice a month, and it's obscenely ridiculous yeah. how much we have. Last time, we had two full shopping carts. And the storage refrigeration section is a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of what we could fit in the fridge. It's like camping all the time. Again, this is another area where I, I feel like it has to be streamlined and made as efficient as possible just to work. It's not doing it out of like some OCD reason. It's like, if you don't do that, you're going hungry. I know you're talking about one pot meals and stuff, and I'm I'm down with that. Mm-hmm. With some recent dietary changes we've made in our life, I still would like to eat healthy, though. Yeah, sure. We need to think of things in a much more strategic way. We can't just have everything that you want to have in the pantry like we do now. And you need to keep certain necessities and then plan your meal based around the things that you regularly keep on hand and then think about the consumption of the food and then even things is like minimizing dishes you know we aren't going to have every pot and pan in the kitchen like we do now and it's going to be much more of a pain in the ass to clean those things too and so it's yeah like streamlining and optimizing and uh, making things as efficient as possible was this a good start this is like pre-writing pre-writing yeah like Getting our ideas down. Maybe we can listen to this and... Listen to it? Not right now. Oh, yeah. Hell no. Listen to it and um, see what we need to 
did we go from from topic to topic? Did we transition okay, or were, did we kind of like jump around a lot, or were, what do you think? I'm reserving judgment. We haven't done it in a while. I'm afraid we're like we're like spacey and blah blah blah. I don't think it's so much. I mean, we've had our moments, but yeah. we'll that's, see. That's what editing's all about. We'll see. Not a lot of jokes in this one, huh? I think we're tired. I think we're and too. there's no, there's no like. It's hot in here a little bit, and I think it's been really quiet. I think it's been conducive yeah. to recording. Can I open the door? Mm. Are we signing off? I think we have enough funny stuff in the beginning. Maybe. Maybe. Then okay. There's never enough funny stuff. Yeah. Do you want I more mean, shit talking? Yeah, maybe. Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs>